good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Bourbon Showdown Podcast. My name is Jesse Jones, and this is the season finale of the first season of the Bourbon Showdown Podcast. We did it, you guys. We did it. 12 episodes ready to go out there for consumption. Thank you guys so much for coming along with me on this journey as we've talked to everybody from Heaven Hill all the way to this episode, the season finale. It's Angels Envy and Wes Henderson. I had such a great time talking to this guy. I mean, we we talk about whiskey production. We talk about stand-up comedy. We talk about everything under the sun, and I I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. He's a super nice guy, super knowledgeable about bourbon. He just really... We sit down and shoot the shit, man. I mean, there's no other way to say it. It was a good time. We drank some delicious bourbon. We drank some delicious rye. We talk about it, and he's just such a pleasure to talk to. So that's coming up in a moment. I want to thank everybody for listening this first season. It's really been a lot of fun. I want to thank everybody that's contributed to this show. I want to thank Mr. Jeff Shock, Mr. Jeff Burdick, uh, Mr. Brian Edwards, and, of course, Mr. Will Jones for uh, giving us this kick-ass music that we've been using every episode. So if you've had a good time, if you've liked what you've heard, go on Apple Podcasts, go on Spotify, go on Instagram, go on YouTube, do all the things. Hit like, hit subscribe, leave us a five-star review, leave us a four-star review, leave us, I don't care, do what you want to do. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you to everybody for all of the positive feedback that we've been getting this season. You guys have been absolutely amazing, and I, I just thoroughly enjoy getting to know everybody. So without further ado, this is the season four. Finale. My name's Jesse Jones. This is the Bourbon Showdown Podcast. Let's start the show. Thank you again for being on the show. My pleasure, man. Never, never too busy to talk about bourbon. That's exactly right. That's such a, any day that you work with bourbon is a good day at work. Yeah, you know, I, I, if you can't have fun in this business or talking about this business or writing about this business, then you probably can't have fun anywhere. So I 100 percent agree. Yeah, I, I've yet to find anything that I don't like about it uh, in, in my short time engaging with everybody that makes the stuff that I like. Amen to that. Love it. And how did you get involved? Like what what led you to bourbon? Where were you before uh, starting Angels Envy? I mean, it's been a long path. Uh, yeah, it really has been. I mean, I, growing up in the industry with a father who, you know, was a world-renowned master distiller and creator of brands. I was always around bourbon, always around different spirits. And really, I just saw that as what my dad did. I didn't necessarily see it as a, as a career path or anything like that until I got uh, much older. You know, I did go to work at Brown Foreman briefly in my 20s, left the industry and had really, once again, had no intentions of, of coming back until dad retired. And I thought it'd be fun to start a bourbon brand as a family. So I yanked dad out of retirement and which he was kind enough to do. And we were off to the races with Angels Envy. That's amazing. And did he have any reservations about you getting into the game? You know, I, I wish he was still alive for me to ask him that question now. Uh, you know, I don't know if he really, what he knew or what he felt. You know, I mean, I came to him with an idea and, you know, like you do when your kids come to you, even if it sounds like a crazy idea, if you think you can support it and help and, you know, help make it happen possibly, I think as a dad, that that's what you do. So that's probably what my dad did. Had no idea what he was getting into, but I do know that he had a lot of fun the last few years of his life doing what he really enjoyed and, uh, you know, being part of creating something that we can call our own that is multi-generational. I think he really, that was his true joy and to work with me and work with his grandsons as well. So, um, so yeah, it's, uh, it was a, it's been a great journey. It really has been. And what a wonderful exclamation point on just a legendary career that he had. Yeah, you know, for sure. And and I, I don't really, I don't know if dad was really ready to retire when he retired. You know, I mean, at some places you get to be about 65 and it's like, well, it's time to go. And, you know, and dad turned 65 or so. And, I, you know, he was essentially, you know, not really showing the door. But you know what I'm saying? It's time to transition on. Right. And uh, the whole thing went off in his palm. 
Yeah, right. Exactly. So, but I still think he had some ideas and some things he wanted to do. And, And I knew he had a lot left in him. And, and, and part of me never really felt like that, you know, dad got a ton of recognition, but I still, at the time, I don't think he got enough recognition for all the things that he had done for the industry. Right. And I made it my mission to also put dad back out front to, you know, here we go. Here's another go at it. You know, here's another, you know, cause dad didn't need to do it. I mean, dad had a walk off home run with Woodford. Right. You know? Right. I mean, he was, he was Ric Flair. He already had his uh, championship belts. Already done, and um, so you know. So I don't. I don't know if I necessarily had something to to prove. You know the the. Uh, but but look, I mean, whatever motivation it takes um, to 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 make things happen. So uh, we just took whatever motivation we can find and started a little bourbon brand. That's beautiful. And for people listening, your father, of course, the legendary master distiller of Woodford Reserve, Lincoln Henderson. I mean, you really, in terms of coming out of the gate strong, you couldn't have had. Uh, a more powerful player than that backing you from the beginning. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's certainly made a difference. You know, there's that name recognition and there was a buzz when people heard that the Henderson family was getting back into bourbon and a lot of talk. And it also, you know, really positioned us for what we were going to do with our secondary barrel finishes, you know, our pork barrel finish or, you know, our rum finish or other, other, other fortified wine finishes because it was so unique Right. And in a lot of ways, there was a little bit of noise behind doing it because nobody had really done it. And having that credibility of the experience in the industry, I think, really helped us, especially early on. It kind of, I'm say, it kind of gave us a pass a little bit to to be creative and try some things. Of course, it still had to be good. Of course. But, you know, they figure, well, if Lincoln Henderson, and the Hendersons are, are messing with this, there might be something there. So we'll give it a shot, you know, and see what we think. And of course, now, you know, what's happened, you know, we're seeing secondary barrel finishes everywhere. I was going to say, you guys led the revolution on that one. I was speaking with a friend about that earlier. I, I still can't wrap my brain around the fact that you guys got so much pushback from that idea when it started. Yeah, we did. Um, I, I just refer to it as noise you know, kind of background noise because we were really confident in what we were doing and, and what we could create. So, you know, it was just a matter of, of keeping our nose down, putting it out there and putting it in people's hands. You know, if there was a, you know, if there was a credibility question or, or a question, you know, the uh, involving secondary barrel finishes, we're like, you know, here, try it, you know, give it a chance. You know, we can debate the the nuances of the TTB classifications and you know, and secondary barrel finishes and what, what they mean and, you know, all those things, um, you know, is it really bourbon? Well, yeah, it's bourbon. It's bourbon finished in port wine barrels, right. you know, and the proof um, is in the glass. That's my, exactly. And that, that, that's my answer. So uh, we, I think we had a lot of clarification, a lot of uh, explaining to do early on. And every once in a while, the, the question pops up now, but by and large, it's an accepted industry practice and the TTB is recognizing it as such. Well, and the foresight that you guys had, has completely changed the game in the way that you just said it a moment ago. Everybody's doing this now. Like mm-hmm. you guys really kicked the door open for a lot. You basically created a new niche to the bourbon market and the bourbon market hadn't changed in so long that you got yeah. to do that. That's impressive. Yeah, and I appreciate that. And, you know, it's funny though, when you start doing stuff, um, uh, we didn't necessarily view it as kicking the door in, you know, we just viewed it as, as, as our way to have some unique, approach. And, you know, we just, I'd like to say I had this big vision that we're going to create this new category that everybody was going to go crazy about. And, you know, and then I I can't say that that I did, you know, but, but lo and behold, here we are, I'm not going to complain. And, you know, (laughs) we just keep doing, I know we just keep doing what we do well. Most definitely. And you had an idea, you had the information base to see it through and the combination of the two, you were able to create something that had legs. It's, it's no better American story than that. I appreciate that. You know, it's, we're having fun every day, man. That's all you can ask for, right? Go to work and have a good time and drink, drink bourbon with people and, you know, travel around the world, uh, kind of spread the, you know, there's so many divisive things happening now and to, to be able to bring people together with, with, uh, with a cocktail or, or a glass of whiskey is, is a joy to be able to do. And that's really, that's been one of my favorite parts about speaking with different people in the industry. It's probably the only industry I've ever seen where no one speaks ill 
about other people. Like, like everybody, all of the distillers, all of you are, are you like one another, you help one another. I've really not found anyone yet. That's like abrasive or, or bad mouthing. Everybody's just wanting to create the best juice possible for a positive consumer uh, experience. I think, yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, we're and a lot of us, our family relationships go back generations. Right. So, um, you know, it's not really hard. Uh, I mean, is there some competition here and there? I'm sure there is. And well, I'm not sure there, of course there is, but, um, you know, we can have competition. There's room for everybody. Uh, you know, I've had some of my best experiences sitting down. Um, I'll tell you a quick story. I was down in Florida down on 30A at some, some really hole in the wall bar on 30A and I walk in the door to do it. Then Angels Envy had a tasting slot to do a tasting at the bar that night. And I didn't know anything else about anything that was going on there. I walk in the door and Jimmy Russell's there doing wild turkey, you know, doing tastings of wild turkey, sitting at the bar, you know, shooting the shit with people and, you know, and then and, and drinking wild turkey. And I walk in, of course, I love Jimmy. And, you know, what are you doing here? Oh, I'm doing a tasting now. So I sat down with Jimmy and, and did his taste or participated in the tasting with him and enjoyed him telling his stories about wild turkey. And, and most people that'd be, you know, Jim, cause Jimmy Russell's the, the legend, you know, I mean, he's just of like course. my dad, you know, I expected Jimmy just to do his thing and then take off what he normally does. But then Jimmy stayed around with me and, and, and listened to me talk about angels envy and, and, and tasted and went through the tasting. Um, so it was a really, you know, it was, it was, it was one of those really memorable moments and, and shows you how much, um, how much, much there really is that love there that mutual mutual respect oh man that, yeah. that is just that's one of those things that's like a, a for the books memory right there sitting at the bar yeah. with jimmy russell and, and as a peer i think that's the coolest part of it it wasn't random guy talking right. to jimmy russell it was another uh, master of his craft sitting with jimmy russell and, and that's a very humbling thing for me, you know, because I look up to these guys. Well, I've looked up to them my entire life and I still do to this day. And, and truthfully, Jimmy Russell and my dad and, you know, Bill Samuels and, and Elmer and all those guys forgot more about bourbon than I'll ever know. But, uh, you know, I think being inducted in the Bourbon Hall of Fame last year, that really kind of um, brought it home to me that, you know, the, the, you know, to be recognized by the industry like that. Um, just said, wow, you know, I mean, we've, we've done something special here and it's really great that, that, um, yeah, I'm still not believing that I'm on that list of, of some, the most incredible people in the history of bourbon. Well, I, I, I just, I'm sitting here picturing what your childhood must have been just like random nights where your dad's hanging out with the who's who of bourbon. You know, it, it was it was like that. It really was. But, you know, there was also a lot of separation there. You know, we're, we really didn't. Um, uh, I knew dad. Look, dad was a grain chemist. He was a scientist. And that that's really how he that's what he went to school for. So, you know, uh, and I was a science geek. So I was always into the science of biology and chemistry and everything like that. So that that's what interested me in what he did was the science behind it and going to the lab with him on weekends when I was little and, you know, things like that. Um, I didn't really think about it, you know, about the history of bourbon and him being so critical in the history of bourbon until much later than life. Well, yeah, sure. Cause you're still a kid as well. Like uh, dad's working. You, you well, exactly went to work with dad and understood the parts of it that your kid brain wrapped itself around. <clears throat> it's just dad at work. Exactly. And, you know, it, it was a, it was a great way to grow up and it's a great way to spend my, my life as an adult, too. Well, and then you brought it back together with a family business that tied three generations together. It allowed you to enjoy your dad's golden years. It gave him time to work with his son and both of you got to bring your son into it. So a win win right. all the way around. I agree. Totally. Totally. Absolutely. So you've started Angels Envy. Uh, you, you've brought your father on. You've started the business. Uh, uh, just tell people where the name Angels Envy came from. Angel's Envy is a play on the angel share and the angel share is what evaporates out of barrels as it sits in a, in a hot Kentucky warehouse. So we say we're sharing that with the angels. So, uh, so the story goes, the angels get their share, what's left over they're envious of. And that's where we came up with the name angels envy. It, uh, you know, and it, at one time we looked at naming the brand angel share, but there's an Australian wine that's trademarked angel share. So we, um, we couldn't do that. And it just, 
it just, but, but the, the beauty of it is, and now I'm very grateful that it's like that is, you know, cause that was probably the easy thing to do, you know, was, yep, the low hanging fruit, share be, call it angels, share and be done with it, call it a day. Right. But, exactly. But the angels envy allowed us to do a deeper dive and, and think about the contribution of the angels and kind of that, that, that deal you have with the angels that gave, they get theirs, you get yours and you know, everything's cool. Um, and, and there's, there's, there's a lot of truth and science behind that compromise you have the angel share versus what what's left. Oh, I think the name's brilliant. I, I think you're absolutely right. If you'd have gone with angel share, it would be a little too on the nose. So yeah, angel, it, was, it was low hanging fruit. Yeah. Angels envy a uh, little left to the imagination. Let's the consumer take it where they want to. Yep, exactly. And so you are a very busy guy, especially as the past few years, you guys have uh, ramped up and gone global. Is that right? Yeah, we have, we, um, we, we, we have, and we went, uh, right before, uh, COVID decided to, to rear its ugly head. Uh, we launched, uh, in the UK, uh, we launched in Australia, Canada, uh, Singapore, uh, we're headed to a bunch of other places this year, pretty aggressive international expansion, but you know, right now we've barely got enough product to take care of the United States. So, you know, it's a, we're selling out everything. Right. So it's a, it's a phased rollout. Um, but to say we're a global brand, that's, that's another one of those moments where I'm like, you know, when I was in Australia, beginning of last year, I was like, holy shit, I'm in Australia talking about Angels Envy. That's, you know, imagine that. Who would have thought that, right? In under 10 years, in less right. than 10 years of being open. I mean, yep. that is a trajectory, even at most optimistic, you couldn't have foreseen. No, couldn't have seen any of this, truthfully. So you're, you've got to be just ridiculously busy. Like, what does your daily day look like at Angels yeah, Envy? Really, it, I mean, don't tell anybody this, but it hadn't really been as terribly busy over the last eight months. <laughs> um, you know, most of my time is spent out on the road, um, probably about 60 to 70 percent, more, probably more like 70 percent is spent traveling. Uh, talking about the brand, you know, um, doing bourbon dinners, bottle signings, visiting with our our, our fans of the brand, our, our distribution partners, doing stuff like that, which I, I thoroughly in, in enjoy doing. It's kind of what they call it the bourbon gospel. So, uh, you know, so now I'm back in the plant more. I'm doing, you know, working more with innovation, spending more time with the boys at home. But, you know, it, it's time to start getting back out. I'm starting to do a little more travel now to areas where it's, you know, it's responsible to travel and do responsible events. And, but, it, you know, it's been, the, the silver lining has been, uh, you know, more time at the plant and more time looking at it really kind of building the future. How was that transition of being home all the time? I know for for my industry, I'm a I'm a stand up originally. So when that started, you went from being on the road every day or every weekend, most of the week to home. Uh, for me, it was quite a transition. How was it for you? I, it's the same, and and our lives are probably very very similar. Um, you know, we uh, hang on bars at night. Um, you know, do do our set and then go back to the hotel somewhere and, you know, and then the ne next day go to another city and, you know, do that, do that type of thing. It's very, very similar, very similar life. So it's been an adjustment. Uh, it's probably been a bigger adjustment with my family having me home and driving them crazy than anything. Yes, most definitely. So, you know, so they're, they're like, we love you, but it's time for you to go back out on the road. <laughs> I think this is probably the most I've seen my family in, in years uh, to the same effect. Yeah, it, it, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, things are working out okay, though. Uh, you know, like everybody else, we're coping. And, you know, I look, I, I can't complain. You know, I'm, I, I'm working. Uh, you know, the brand's doing well. And there are a lot of people out there that 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 uh, are struggling. So, you know, I, no matter what, uh, you're not going to hear me bitch about it. No, it's 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 a hard time. A lot of people, a lot of our my friends, I know your friends in the restaurant and bar business have just had an awful, awful year. So uh, it, it's, it's find myself fortunate that I'm able to continue doing what I'm doing. And definitely, you know, heart goes out to those folks that are, that I have been so negatively affected. Uh, you know, the, the, one of the last, uh, we're going to really good, good drinks I've had with, with somebody in your industry is a guy named Jim Florentine. I don't know if you know that name or not. Yeah. But uh, yeah, sitting down with him and, um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm a big fan of stand up. by the way. Uh, oh, yeah? I'm a huge 
I'm a huge, and I saw Tracy Morgan in New York like three nights before he was in that accident. And the comic that opened for him, I can't think of his name, was in that wreck with him. Right, right. Um, and was hurt, you know, hurt very bad. Oh, what's his and, name? I, I know him. Yeah. Yeah, I forget his. Yeah, super nice guy. They were great. I talked to them both Rid- after the show. Ridiculously nice guy. Yeah, and then I met. Then, then I, I was introduced properly. You know, because a lot of times when you talk after the show, it's just kind of, "Hey, how you doing?" You know, that type of thing. They don't really right. they don't know each other. They don't know me. You know, it's, it's just like church. Great. You shake just hands and move on. Exactly. And but I, Tracy Morgan came to the Derby a couple years ago, and um, he is friends with a good friend of mine that's in a band called Boys to Men, and. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm standing there talking to my friend, uh, Wanya Morris, who's, who's in boys to men and, and Tracy Morgan comes up and, you know, and, and before you know it, we're all talking and shooting the shit and, you know, Tracy's talking about his wreck and, you know, his recovery and, you know, it was, but it was a very fascinating, it was a weird, it was a surreal moment for me that, that, you know, I'm standing here talking to my friend and all of a sudden I got, I once got, I think Tracy Morgan's hilarious, but, right. um, not just coming up, but on a personal level you know, because everybody kind of is connected there mm-hmm. and being able to hear, you know, uh, you know, his personal feelings about stuff as opposed to just what you see the stage you know, on stage. And yeah, exactly. It was, you know, he's a very blessed man that should not be alive today. Oh, it uh, was what happened to him was just absolute insanity. And the same, I, I was just looking, uh, I've worked with his, I've worked with the opener before. Uh, it, it's, I started in New York. So I, I've been fortunate enough to be at a club at some point in time when almost everybody's come through. Uh, my favorite Tracy Morgan story, it was outside of the stand in New York City. And we were all just, you know, just like you said, you're, you're, you hang out, you shoot the shit, you just have a good time. Uh, it's like a fraternity and you, you're, you're very fortunate to be in it when you're in it. And uh, we're all standing outside. Tracy Morgan comes out and he's just, I'm going I'm to butcher this. It's been a while since I've seen him. And I saw her. I said, yo, girl, look at you walking towards the stoplight with those shoes on. You know, that was awful. I'm not going to do that again, ever. Uh, <laughs> when it was, when it had, when it had just happened. Oh, that was such a perfect, that was such a perfect impersonation. Uh, and now it's been a few years and it just sounded like a very constipated man. I apologize <laughs> for that to anybody who's going to send me a nasty letter later. Uh, but he just Tracy Morganed himself into the conversation and was so freaking naturally funny, like everything he said in just regular conversation. And then uh, just talking smack to people as they walked by is the memory I'll always take away because he would talk yeah. utterly, utterly nonsensical things to people uh, on the sidewalk of New York as they walked by and people would get mad until they turned around and saw it was Tracy Morgan, and then no. they would just laugh their ass <laughs> off like they were now okay. part of the joke. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that great, man? Isn't that great to, to oh. be able to, first of all, to, for him to, to have the license to be able to do that, you know, to be that guy that can do that and get away with it. Oh, completely. Um, but, yeah, isn't that awesome? I'm sorry, I'm, my phone's vibrating. I'm sure. Oh, you're it off. fine. I was just going to ask you, do you ever mess with your buddy from Boys to Men by bringing up song lyrics while you talk to him? No, I don't. I, I probably <laughs> should um, just for fun. Um, All right, buddy. I'll see you next time. I'll see you at the end of the line. End of the line. End of the road. End of the line. End of the road. End of the road. Ah. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but but I tell you what. What an amazing you know this industry and really this industry is kind of what brought me to become friends with Wanye and you know we've been friends for years now. I was I was I was I was at his wedding you know last year and. Um, just uh, one of those very treasured friendships now and spirits really, really brought us together. So um, very, very fortunate. That's the beauty of this industry. Like everybody, everything that happens here seems to be happening very organically. Like I I love the stories of people getting into the industry where it's just, they were working a job they didn't like, they hadn't found their life's path yet. And all of a sudden they found bourbon and started, started something and, and just let it take them where they wanted or where it needed to. And then it turns into something awesome. Like that's been my favorite part, just meeting the people and hearing the stories. And, and this is one of those stories that I just could, I couldn't wait to talk to you today just because of everything that you've accomplished and this, and what you've created. It's, it's very, uh, it's, 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 it's one of those stories that people set roadmaps to, you know, trying to recreate. 
Oh, you're very kind. I appreciate that. And look, we, we're, we're both in the same business. We're in the storytelling business and, um, you know, and to be able to sit down to be able to walk into a room of people you don't know Mm -hmm. and, and be able to find something in common with them and, you know, talk with them about things and talk with them about the brand and then leave hopefully at the end of the night with them, you know, uh, having a a new appreciation or new understanding of what you're doing is, you know, it's a, it's a great thing to be able to, to be able to do that. It's a gift to be able to do that. Most definitely. And it's also, it's, it's harder than people think. I mean, you know, your name recognition gets you maybe five minutes. Yep. And if yep. you don't have something to bring to the table after that five minutes of, ooh, that's him, then then you're going to have a long night. Yeah, you are. And of course, you want to kill every time, you know. You don't oh, wanna, yes. You wanna, <laughs> yeah, is it the but, same? You know, look, it, it's the same deal, you know, it really is, man. When you get home or when you get back to the hotel uh, 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 road home, do you um, do you just pick it apart? Do you just look at everything and like, okay, that went the way it was supposed to. Ah, that right there. I need to work on that for next time. You know, no, I don't. And that's what makes your job so much harder than mine is, is that, that I don't have to really do that. You know, I mean, and I, you know, every, you know, everything, even though I talk about similar things all the time, every path is different depending on who's there. You know, totally. I mean, when you're working on a set, I mean, you're working on it, you know, you're, you're, you're fine tuning it. You're, you know, you're, 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 this works, this doesn't work, you know, this, you know, let's bring this in. And it's a very structured, you know, I mean, at the end of the night, I've got to hit all the marks. Right. You right. know, but um, I don't have to overthink it, you know, like you do. Your, your job is much more difficult than mine. Well, it, it's our job to make it look seamless, like, like there you go. for it to seem just completely off the cuff and natural every time. And anybody listening, it is. I'm just talking. It doesn't mean right. that what you're seeing is not absolute 100% regularly normal, but, you know, there is a little bit of that curtain that. you got to pull back. People don't know the, the amount of work that goes into that. And No, they think um, you're just up there you know, talking. Right, right. And honestly, I thought I always thought I'd be good at it. Of course, everybody does till you get up there and you die. Oh, yes. Um, but I don't have the work ethic to, 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 to make it work. So, so I have to fall back and make bourbon. <laughs> it will. I wouldn't be able to do what I do if you weren't doing what you do. <laughs> Amen to that. that <laughs> I, I've known many a comic that enjoys his bourbon. So oh, that's man. good. It, it, it really is. Uh, uh, the number of comics who have reached out since I've started doing this, just like you son of a bitch, you figured out a way to tie them together. There you go. It's perfect, man. It's, it's perfect. It's, it's great. Well, especially while like you were talking about, you've had downtime. So you've been able to spend more time at the factory. My downtime in my factory has basically been my own brand, you know, and, right. and working on what I have coming up after this is over. And you similarly have been able to go back to the workshop and brainstorm and polish and get everything that, like you said, it was, you've been on a rocket ship. So what have you done uh, with the time that you've had over the past eight months? Um, you know, I've got some other interests, you know, that I, that I, that I do, you know, I've been pursuing those as well, but by and large, just kind of reining in that, that rocket ship, taking advantage of, of, of the, the, the quiet time and, and think things out a little bit further, you know, especially on the innovation side, right. You know, a lot more planning and a lot more tactical execution as opposed to just, oh my God, here we go again today. You know, we're off to the races. Right. Um, so I think we have used this time wisely, uh, but you know, honestly, I'm done, you know, I'm over it just like everybody else is, you know, I'm, I, I, I want to get back and do what, you know, I want to get back and, and enjoy that fellowship and, you know, that time together with uh, people that, that, that care about bourbon and, you know, care about angels envy and have that, you know, that contact. Once you get a taste for it, it's very hard to replicate that, human contact that you get when you're on the road meeting people. I agree. I agree. I don't know what it is. I don't know. You know, I, I I truly believe I, I'm at my best when I'm in those interactions, Uh you know, that, that that I'm my best version of me, you know, when I'm doing that. But I also think that, 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 you know, there's a certain amount of affirmation that you get out of that also that keeps you going. You know, that, that, you know, you get that, that positive affirmation that what you're doing, people appreciate, and it acts as a kind of a springboard to, to continue, you know, working real hard at what you do. 
it greases the wills too. Like a hundred percent agree that when you're out there doing the thing that you're, you're meant to be doing, there is a truest that I think that's the uh, addiction. I think, uh, constantly chasing the high of that truest sense of self that you can possibly put out there. And once you get it, then you, you crave it. And, uh, yep. The wheels get greased by it going well, because uh, I'm sure it's same for you. You'll be out there, you'll hit something. Maybe you either hit it differently than you did the last time you talked about it, or maybe it took you somewhere organically that it wouldn't normally take you. And then, boom, you've got like another little section of something to talk about the next time you get up there. Right. So exactly. It, it exactly. breeds more. It's like a, 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 the good version of a snake eating its own tail. I don't know if that's a thing. I'll have to think about that a little bit. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. that'd just be a, a snake coughing up its own tail. That sounds... That, that right, sound exactly. <laughs> exactly. So what it. are some of the other endeavors that you've uh, got going right now? Um, mostly innovation. Um, you know, um, uh, we've got 20 some odd different innovation projects in, in play. Working on, uh, you know, the international expansion. And... Um, you know, just, just, you know, I was able to spend the holidays with my family in Florida, which I love doing. I'm back in Kentucky now, back freezing my butt off. <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, that, that's just doing my thing, my day-to-day thing, my friend. And how has the international reception been? It's been phenomenal. It, you know, I've seen, you know, pictures over the years of, of Angels Envy and bars all over the world when we're not available. Mm-hmm. all over the world. So people are shipping bottles, to, you know, to bars and doing things like that. So that that's nice to be able to see that, uh, you know, that we were kind of already in a bunch of places before we got there, you know? Right, right. And, and plus the way you guys are finishing uh, uh, the bourbon, that plays into a lot of the European method. Uh, like you guys, it should play right into what they like when you get there or when you got there. Well, I mean, the, the, as far as things playing into the, you know, that secondary barrel finish, the port, the port barrels, the, the other, the Madeira barrels, the, all the other fortified wines that we're using, the sherry barrels, you know, that, that without question, you know, uh, and people around the world love bourbon. So, um, so it's, 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 it's working quite well. Beautiful. And, and what do you do? You mentioned family. What do you do when you don't want to do bourbon, when you just want to relax? Like what, what, what's a day off look like for you? Like the family's gone, the bourbon's taking care of itself. You just want to shoot the shit and take some time for yourself. What, what's your perfect day off? Oh, you know, I, I normally say doing nothing at all, but I've had enough of doing nothing at all. Also, um, you know, I've discovered Xbox one, um, to some people's dismay now, which is, which is helping a little bit spending time with my dogs, which you probably hear growling in the background right now also. So that's, you know, that, that, that's really about it. You know, I, I do a little bit of side work in, uh, emergency services, which, which also kind of, um, you know, and never know when that's going to happen if I'm right, on call right. there. So that pulls me away from stuff uh, fairly frequently. And um, that involves a lot of follow-up and a lot of other work too. So, um, so yeah, I got my hands full. I just had this wonderful mental picture of you on Xbox one, like uh, talking smack to like a nine-year-old uh, playing Halo. Yeah, no kidding. That that's it. Yeah, I, I stay off the uh, Xbox Live. Right, stuff. right. You know, I just play the local games because I don't know if I can handle getting abused like that um, by some kid that's six years old and it's kicking my ass in uh, Call of Duty. I I, I outgrew it. Uh, I I knew I knew the moment that I had that that the PlayStation had passed me by. I was playing Grand Theft Auto and I found myself stopped at a stoplight. And it just, that's it. If you, if you can't even run a stoplight on Grand Theft Auto, then you do not need to be playing this game. So you stopped on purpose at the stop sign? Yeah, because the light was red. Oh, okay. You know, never mind all the murdering other people or everything else that goes on on Grand Theft Auto. You elected to stop at a stop sign or a stoplight. I, okay. I, I just, I, my full adult had turned You're a law abiding citizen, I guess then. Right. Yeah. I was playing grand theft auto. I was delivering cupcakes to people. I was making sure they got their mail. You're the nice guy. Grand theft. You're the nice guy. Uh, uh carjacker. Right. You know, right. Just, no, here you, you know, take please, it. Man. Right. No, I, if you don't mind, can I borrow your car for a moment? Here's a cupcake. 
Yeah, a lot of please. A lot of please and thank right. you when I play Grand Theft Auto. Oh, right. Never mind this weapon in your face. It, it just, you know, it's all good. It's all good. I'm in a tank, but I'm smiling. <laughs> right. Well, that's awesome. Um, a few more. I, I've always, I've always wanted to know, like, what's on your shelf right now? Like, obviously, uh, every kind of wonderful Angel's Envy that you've got. What, what else? Uh, what's your, what's your go-to sipper if you're not going to reach for one of your own? There, there are so many of them. There really are. I, uh, I, I try everything. I love Old Forester. You know, I'm a kind of the, some of the older Eagle Rare Age Statement stuff. I really enjoy uh, Whistle Pig is another one that I enjoy. I also I, I enjoy brands that have a personal connection to just I think that's one of the reasons, that, you know, people like Angels Envy, if they have a personal connection or can identify with our story. I'm very much like that. Uh, I also like to, you know, I, I've, I've often sat at a bar and looked at a bar that, you know, with 100 whiskeys on the bar. And, 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 and know that it's a really bizarre thing to have a connection with probably 95% of every bottle on that wall. And, and just by one or two degrees of separation. Right. So, you know, there, there, there's, there's that commonality there that I, that I really enjoy as well. Well, I, I was talking to somebody last week and they made a very good assessment that, that the bourbons you like can almost be tied back to memories. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. it's not, it's not one thing for, every day it's okay this oh that bottle takes me back to this place in time that bottle takes me back to that place in time sometimes it's just your own memory memory road when you when you pick out whatever you're drinking for the night for sure and they may not always be good memories you know they may be memories where you you know you know you, you, know, you, you over uh overindulged or you know i mean you know right. some stories like that too which which we, we certainly should not do but um yeah you know i think i look at music the same way you know, I, I think we identify music very closely with, with experiences, life experiences and stuff like that. So, um, you know, um, very similar. And, and I think that's great. And, you know, that, that's what we're all about. We're all about storytelling anyway. Most definitely. And, and I feel like people try to put themselves in, in like one specific box when it comes to whiskey. Like you don't have to, your go-to on Monday may not be your go-to next Monday. Like you don't have one favorite. You can't just say, McKenna bottled and bond for the rest of my life. No, it's, it's, it's that today. And then it's angels envy ride tomorrow. Like it's different. Everything hits you as it hits you. And I'm perfectly fine with that as a producer. Um, I, I often talk about other brands when I talk to groups and I answer questions about other brands and, and, and share stories about other brands as well. So I, I fully agree with that. And, and, and really that's what you want. I mean, in a perfect world, you, you, you want people coming back to your brand as being their favorites, but you know, you, you often can't appreciate your favorite unless you're out, you know, playing around doing other stuff as well. That's exactly right. Your palate's never going to grow if you don't give it something to grow with. Exactly. It's an interesting time right now for bourbon. It's like a resurgence in a way, which I, I know it's been like a 10 year resurgence, but it's crazy to me how far it's come. Like, like considering you couldn't give it away in the nineties. Yeah, it is. And, and, you know, we're fortunate to come in, you know, right at, at, at the right time, you know, right. timing is everything. And I think we've got a long runway, you know, the bourbon has still got a long way to go. It's we're seeing younger people drink bourbon. We're seeing more women drink bourbon. We're seeing bourbon around the world. So there is without question a long, a long way to go. So we, we certainly hope that it's going to continue to last. You know? Right. Uh, when it comes to, your favorite, we've talked about uh, what your daily sippers are. Uh, when it comes to somebody staring at, a, at the shelf, if to new customers that are trying to make their minds up, maybe they've never had Angel's Envy before, what would you tell them? Like, how do you, how would you help them make their mind up as they're sitting there looking at that liquor store shelf with, with every choice in the world on it? Well, yeah, I pester people in liquor stores all the time, you know, because I obviously spend a lot of time there. Um, most of the time I'm asking questions. Uh, you know, I won't even identify myself as, as, as having anything to do with Angel's Envy. Now, if I, if I'm looking in a, uh, in the, in the whiskey section and see somebody grab a bottle of Angel's Envy, I always introduce myself and thank them 
you know, and that tickles me to death to this day. Every time I see a bartender pull a bottle of Angel's Envy off the bar, you know, hell, I'm excited just to see it on the back bar. But when I, you know, the, the, I knew that the, the more you hear people call for it and they don't know you have anything to do with the brand, it's, it's really, really exciting for me. So, um, it's got to be a cool feeling. It really is. And I never get tired of it, never get tired of it. And so I'll recommend, I'll say, look, you know, you know, they're looking at, if they're looking at something super premium or whatever, you know, or they're looking for something for special occasion. Um, you know, I just bring up Angel's Envy as being something it's, it's, it's a very, it's very drinkable. It's uh, it's very unique. There's not much else like it out there. And uh, by the way, I say, look at this beautiful bottle too. It makes a great gift. <laughs> it is yeah. a beautiful bottle. You guys did a great job with the branding, the marketing, the, everything that went into it. It is just uh, top notch. Love the logo too, by the way, Thank the you. wings, because you can put that on absolutely anything and people immediately know that you're talking about Angel's Envy. I agree for sure. So who would you pick like at the end of the, at the end of everything, you've got to put together a, a who's who, a, your Mount Rushmore of distillers. Who would you put on your Mount Rushmore? <sighs> um, I'd say different people for different reasons. Uh, let's, um, cause some of them aren't, weren't necessarily distillers. Um, some of them are, you know, I'd put Bill Samuels up there, Bill Samuels, Jr. Uh, I'd put my dad up there. I'd put Dave Pickerel up there. Um, Jimmy Russell, Elmer Lee. Perfect. Those are some of the, you know, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else I, I, uh, I've left out. Um, you know, there's some amazing people out there doing some amazing things. Um, they really are. So, you know, that could be a big Mount Rushmore by the time you're done with it. But, but I, the, I believe that, that, and those, those, some of those people were the most influential in my career and continue to be, of course, Dave Pickerel, unfortunately, we lost him a couple of years ago. Right. Bill Samuels continues to be an inspiration for me. And we have a wonderful relationship and to be able to sit down with Bill and talk with him and get his wisdom, you know, cause he really grew makers kind of the way we're growing angels envy. I think we both see a lot of similarities there in, in the way we do stuff. You can definitely see the so, parallel between the two. So, yeah. So there, that's my, that's my top, what top five. That's a so. beautiful list. A, a, a yeah. very balanced list too. Like everybody you picked has a certain role in the production. Yeah, that's true. And think about that. The um, I got to spend a little bit of time with uh, with his son Rob, and that that just the whole family. They're so smart. Like just a very bright group of people. They are, and they're just good people. You know, that's that's the most important thing. You know, and and, and Bill and Rob are very different. You know, they're they're very. Um, <clears throat> they're built very differently, but they complement each other very well. And I, I don't know whether dad and I were built that differently. We definitely were, but probably not as differently as they are. Right. But it, 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 it it's just really amazing how you can put those, those pieces together, you know, to get, to get the puzzle. Right. Well, it, it the, the nooks and they fill themselves in with necessity, you know, like if this is what's needed, then the other person can sometimes just naturally fill those, fill those roles. Yep. I agree. I agree. You know, you step up and do what you got to do. Exactly. I mean, that's how small business works. Uh, my father yep. and his father, they worked together building a produce business for a lifetime and they were very much the same way. Uh, it was, it was interesting watching them interact because uh, the produce business, his, my grandfather's generation, he came from the generation where you were very straightforward with the good and the bad. Mm -hmm. And my dad was a little more polished in the, his generation. You couldn't just tell somebody directly something bad because they'd quit and you wouldn't be, and then you would just be without a, a hand. So mm -hmm. to watch the way they managed people, uh, even as a child, I, I remember reflecting on the differences there. You know, it, 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 it I, I totally understand that and, and totally agree with it. And that's just different. You know, I'm always a firm believer in both the good and the bad. Um, but, you know, it, um, and it's also how you deliver the news. Yes. Um, but, but I'm fine that, you know, in business, you know, cause things don't always go the right way and things, you know, every once in a while things do go sideways and, and not just here, but in life in general. And, you know, you, you, if you, if you want to own the good moments and, and take credit for the good moments, you have to own those times when things go sideways. 
right and, and learn from them and most people you know if you're dealing with with people for example and whatever whatever goes sideways in that relationship if you you know if you acknowledge that and you because a lot of people just won't you know the you know if you if you if you step up and say yeah you know that was really messed up you know that you know we dropped the ball here or you know or didn't do this or didn't do that or should have done this but but i tell you what we're going to do better the next time and and you would be surprised how often I get like, oh my gosh, first of all, I can't believe you're even talking to me about this. You know, you, you know, you know, it, um, most of the time people won't acknowledge things and, 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 and most of the time people won't follow up to make sure that things have been made right. 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 And, and that's really what you have to do. And I, I, I can't think, I can think of maybe a handful of times in my entire life that I've dealt with people on a consumer basis and haven't been able to, um, turn that relationship into in most cases, a stronger relationship because you know, you did the right thing. Owning up to something is, is it, it's only hard the first two seconds of doing it. After that, you almost feel better because you've gotten it off your chest. If you were worried about it. And then you're also doing, like you said, the right thing, which will create a stronger relationship with whoever you're working with. As long as it doesn't happen like 19 more times. Right. And, and by and large, humans are, are very forgiving, you know, are, are very, um, you know, are, are very helpful. If you come to somebody and say, can you help me? Or I'm sorry about this or, or, or whatever, you know, uh, most of the time that that's going to, um, those are the words that need to be said. And, and most of the time after that, you know, you're just rebuilding, you know, rebuilding things from there, you know, maybe on the path to, to making it right or getting the help that you need one or the other. Exactly. I, well said. I, I think that is, uh, and you'll, you'll learn more from that experience than you will skirting it and trying to talk your way out of it. Cause that's just going to be a, a circular cycle. Like you're not going to learn anything. You're just going to do it again the next time, especially if you get away with it. Well, or you'll get fired. You'll have to go do it somewhere else and you'll do the right. same thing that time too. Well, you know, the mark of a good business, I, I think is not what you do when things go right. It's what you do when things go wrong. And, um, you know, that, cause that reveals, that reveals character. Well, and in your business specifically, because when things go wrong, you have to handle them immediately. There is no putting it off. If you put off a problem, then that it, you just ruined something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously nobody wants to make mistakes and everybody wants to get it right the first time. And, you know, we strive for, for, for zero defects and, you know, zero consumer, you know, uh, uh, you know, issues. Uh, they're going to happen just like in any business. You know, I, I used to really just go off the deep end when I heard of a consumer question or consumer issue, but now I know that's part of the business. And, and now I know that, you know, that, that, that just helps us be better at what we do every day. It very rarely happens anyway, right. but every, 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 every conversation we have that revolves around quality or quality issue or quality question, um, we take extremely seriously. Of course, as, as you should, when you're, when you're building such a prestigious brand name. Yeah, I agree. Yep. We, we've hit about everything in this conversation. I know. We've yeah, touched on I comedy. We, we, we've touched on managerial styles. <laughs> Hey, that's why, once again, I love having discussions like this, you know, very free flowing. And, and, I, and as usual, I, I babble, um, which is, you know, uh, uh, ADD is responsible for that. Hey, I'm right there with you. I take responsibility for everything but that. Uh, but I owned it, though. I, hey, I owned you it. have to. Yeah. The, yeah. um, I, I'm very similar. The um, I always have a list of things that I want to talk about while I'm talking. And I've been looking forward to talking to you for a while now. And, and my thing, it went dead. So it's been wonderful just to actually talk to you and, and not be confined to a certain list or a certain set of questions. It's, it's felt a little more, it's been freer than, than and I've enjoyed it. So I, I, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And then uh, thanks for your support. And I love, I love that you're doing this. Um, and I, any, any time, you know, I'd love to catch up again and catch up uh, in, in real life and have uh, have a bourbon. I was going to say, I, I, I'll, next time I, when the world normalizes and I'm booked in Kentucky, I'll definitely swing through. Uh, 
two more things. You've sent me some delicious bourbon to sample, and I, I definitely I want to take a sip with you, uh, and, yeah. and and have you walk me through what I'm tasting. But also, yeah. you you've mentioned Boys to Men. We've talked about music a little bit. What's your music? What do you like to listen to? I listen to everything. I, I yeah. really do. I mean, if you you know you, um, I love country. Also, uh, I'm a Trump product of the '80s or a child of the '80s, so. Um, I was listening to earlier today, I was listening to Machine Gun Kelly. I was listening to, um, how I don't, I was listening to the Pesha Mode. Um, you know, the, my playlist is just whacked. It really <laughs> is. Um, but you know, I love that. I love that diversity and it, a lot of it depends on my mood too. Oh, completely. I think about 30, 37 hours of, of uh, music on my phone. Nice. Nice. I, I feel like Spotify too has just opened the world up for me because now I can, oh, yeah. if you yeah. can think of it, you can hear it. Well, and, and if you're thinking about something, you know, if you're thinking about, um, you know, something pops into your head or you're having a discussion about something that makes you think of a song or a moment, you know, boom, you can boom, boom, boom. You got it. Totally. Playlist added. Do you think that adds to our, uh, ADHD as a society, anything we oh, want yeah. right now, we can, we don't even have to reach for it anymore. We can just say, Hey device, do this thing for me. Well, yeah, I mean, it's nice in one way because it opens up the world, but you know, I think there's instant gratification. Too much instant gratification is, is very bad now. Uh, it's, you know, it becomes, I think, especially with, with my kids, yep. you know, that, um, you know, there's, there's no anticipation for anything. And, you know, uh, I love the knowledge aspect of it, but I don't like the other the other parts of it. I, I feel like it's easy for kids to turn into Veruca Salt from Charlie and the Char Chocolate Factory. It's yeah. just I want it now. Right, right. And as a as a parent, you've got to do your best to balance that. You know that 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 you know entitlement. Like the, mm -hmm. the entitlement is, is what I call it. Uh, Lord knows I have your. Yeah, you well, you have to because the entitlement will grow quickly. And then yep. the next thing you know, you've got like a little monster on your hands. Uh, my buddy yep. did something for Christmas this year that I thought was pretty cool. He, uh, three things, the kid could ask for three things, something he needed, something he wanted, and something that would like help him learn something. And now I like that. Yeah. It's a little extreme. I know he kid, I'm sure the kid, um, I don't know if that's a good Christmas or a learning Christmas, but I love the idea behind it that you're going to be, you're not getting a thousand things for Christmas. You're going to have to narrow it down. Right. You're going to have to think about it and ask for something that you actually want, you need, and that can help you. I think that's great. It's a great idea. I wish I would have thought about it 30 years ago when we had our first one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I wish he had waited until we moved away because now his kids are all over at my house wanting to play with what they got for Christmas. All right. There you go. What they didn't get. <laughs> right, right. Ooh, is that a hoverboard? <laughs> I got toothpaste and socks. Damn, I really wanted that, but I didn't say that. Yeah. Maybe next year. Yeah, uh, into that. So you have sent me uh, some deliciousness. Um, I've got poured first the port wine, finished port wine barrels, bourbon whiskey. Yep. So uh, already, like, just the, the nose on this is absolutely amazing. Like, it's... It's, it's like, of course, you've got your, your sweetness, uh, but you've also got, like, there's zero, like, there's no alcohol smell to this. Like, it's just straight flavor hitting the nose. Like, you definitely, it's, it's, it's just a, a very balanced, uh, creamy, it's almost like a creamy nose. I would agree. It's got that nice mouthfeel. Um, I think creamy is a good, good word for it. Buttery. You almost get like a cream soda. It's it's absolutely delicious. Like, and then you take you take the sip, and you're absolutely right. The mouthfeel is just amazing, and it's not abrasive at all. Like this is you could get in trouble with this. Well, and that's the, that's the um, you know the, one of the things Angels Envy is known for is the the. Um, accessibility or drinkability of it. And that's that port barrel finish that's really taking off those higher alcohols and giving it. And you notice it even more when you go to our rye whiskey, um, which is a hundred proof and you would never know it's a hundred proof when you, uh, when you drink it. So, uh, you know, so angels envy has a wide appeal to a lot of different, different groups. I mean, people knew the category 
you know, people that are experienced bourbon drinkers as well. It's very good. It's, it's very, it's just delicious. Actually. It's, it's, it's polished. I think is the word I'm searching for. Like uh, the same way we were talking, you put it together a set. You can really tell that you've put your time and effort into making this exactly what it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Very good. And, and it's your craft, you know, yeah. I mean, this is your craft. Most definitely. And, and it's, it's very good. It's, it's extremely good. And you also sent me a rye and yep. I've been super, I've had so many people tell me good things about this rye that I've been waiting to have it with you. So uh, if you wouldn't mind, just w- walk me through a little bit about your, about the angels envy rye and, and let me know uh, uh, what to expect here, what, what people can expect to, uh, to expect to taste when they get this guy. Well, the rye whiskey is finished in rum barrels. So immediately, and it's finished for up to 18 months on rum barrel. So, you get this explosion of, of on the nose of, uh, of that rum. And it's, uh, yeah, it describes sometimes as gingerbread or creme brulee or, you know, there's a million different ways to describe um, the rye. And when you taste it, you get those notes also. Like I said, it's 100 proof, but you would never know that. It's almost dangerously smooth. Total, you get like a roasted sugar, which I guess creme brulee, as you said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. It's like different, isn't it? It's like butterscotch Christmas. Right. This is a hundred proof. It's a hundred proof. Yeah. It's dangerously smooth. Good Lord. That is absolutely phenomenal. Thank you. I know so- silence is death in an audio uh, environment, but man, if I could just sit here and sit on this, I, 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 I would just, I would smell it and drink it forever. Well, that's good. That's what we want. Please, please do it. Keep doing it forever. Keep drinking it forever and drink more. <laughs> well, because what, what is it? Uh, it's not the first bottle you want them to buy. It's the third bottle. Well, every, you know, I mean, the, the package can get somebody to buy the first bottle. You know, it's, it's the, it's like you said, it's, it's that bottle after that and bottle after that. So it's got to be good for people to keep coming back to it, as you know. And then almost a syrupy finish, but not, not, I don't mean syrupy in a bad way. I mean, syrupy is in that you just enjoy it. It's, it's rich and vibrant and it, the tongue feel like the, the way it hits the front of your tongue and then just envelops the rest of the mouth. No burn at all. Very good, sir. Very good. Thank you. I could sit here and, and, and try to, make you watch me drink bourbon forever, but I'm not going to do that because it's too good and your time is too valuable. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. It's it's, it's been great. It's been great to be able to share some whiskey and and talk about some fun stuff. I really enjoyed it. Me as well. I I thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, Keep producing just absolute wonderful juice. It's been a pleasure talking to you and I, I hope to see you, hope to see you again sometime. We will. We'll probably end up seeing each other on the road somewhere. You know, that's usually where I meet a lot of friends, you know, hey, I'm in this city or in that city, let's have a drink, that type of thing. So uh, most uh, definitely look forward to it, man. I'll keep my eyes open and Hey, thank you. here's to the road opening back up so we can do that. Cheers. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, everybody. Well, there you have it. That is the season finale for season one of the Bourbon Showdown podcast. We want to thank every guest that we've had this season. Uh, You guys have all been so much fun to talk to and get to know and stay in touch with. Uh, Lisa Wicker from Widow Jane, Connor O'Driscoll from Heaven Hill, Greg Metz from Old Elk, Wright Thompson, author of Pappy Land, Rob Samuels from Maker's Mark, Dan Garrison and Garrison Brothers, Marianne Eves, Eric Wolf from Stolen Wolf, Ariel Yan from Woodenville, Tim from Chattanooga Whiskey, and the freaking awesome two and a half hour uh, interview we had. He was great. Dr. Sonnet Berniker Hart from Koval. Everybody, man. And then to end it with Wes, it's been just a great first season. So thank you to everybody that's been on the show. Thank you to everybody that's listened to the show. We will be back in a few weeks with the beginning of season two. We have some good Lord, man. Season two is going to be just chocked full of bourbon goodness. We've got Smoke Wagon. We've got Peerless. We've got Very Old Saint Nick. We've got New Riff. We've got everybody. If you can think of them, they're on season two. So be on the lookout for that. Season two starts up at the beginning of March. Uh, For right now, 
I just want to say thank you. I want to thank everybody that puts their time into making this show happen. I want to thank all of the distillers and blenders and brand ambassadors that we've gotten to talk to. Thank you for your time and your knowledge and insight on the industry. Thank you to Will Jones for the music. Click like and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram. Listen to us on Spotify podcast, wherever your podcasts come from. My name is Jesse Jones. We'll be back for more bourbon next season. For right now, let's raise our glass and kick some ass. This is the Bourbon Showdown Podcast. Thank you.